Welcome to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, Episode 8. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. we got a lot of things to cover in this episode. Number one, Super Bowl just ended. We're going to give you our recap, our reactions, our takeaways from that game, because it was a pretty good game. But we're going to dive into more detail about it and really get into the, the nitty-gritty about the uh, Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. We're also going to get into some NFL power rankings for next season. Way too early, but we don't care. We're going straight into the NFL power rankings, who we think is going to be dominating next year in the NFL. On top of that, we're going to give you some position player rankings from the NFL. The season's over. All the players have made their big impacts, and we're going to give you our group or our list of players we think that are are going to be at the top of their positions next season. And finally, we're going to get into some baseball stuff. Always love talking baseball, but unfortunately, there's not a ton going on still. But maybe moving in the right direction? I, I think, so maybe we'll see. But either way, thank you guys for tuning in, and let's get right into the action, man. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between, like I said last time, welcome back to the Nominal Fan Podcast. Jared, before we get into anything, first of all, it's great to see you. It's always a pleasure. Oh, you look older. Yeah, yeah, my birthday passed. Yeah, my birthday passed uh, between recordings. So, yeah, yeah. Dude, you look old as shit. Yeah, you know, uh, what is it? What are the grandparents? What is that line they always give you? Do you feel like you're 11 years old? No, Grandpa, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Nothing changed. Yeah, I feel, I feel almost the exact same. Yeah, like it, actually, that's always same, cracked. Like, now that you're saying it. Yeah, that's always cracked me up too. I said that I think when I turned 21, like the day that like my 21st birthday, maybe like you know a few days after. I go into the liquor store and buy buy a fucking 30-pack of beer. And I walk out, and I get in the car with my buddies. I'm like, what is different about me today than four days ago when I was 20 years old? Like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. My maturity level is not it doesn't just spike because I turned 21. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, now I can... Now I'll, I'll drink, I'll drink, you know, with limitations. I'll be really responsible. Like fucking stupid. These, these years are so arbitrary. I mean, Hey, I'm 25. I guess I can rent a car, even though I'd been able to go overseas and get my fucking limbs blown off, uh, for the last eight years, seven years. But yeah, yeah, I guess now I can rent a car. So, so yeah, uh, birthday passed by the Super Bowl passed by and we're going to get straight into that. But Jared, before we actually break down the game, how did the bets overall uh, play out for you in uh, on Sunday? You know, you know, they could have been really exciting if uh, if they would if they would have been able to get down there and uh, convert like that first down and get down and kick a field goal. Yeah. To go to OT. Yeah. I would have been right on right on point, assuming that the Rams won in overtime. Okay. Um, I just had that over. I had that all over of. 45.5 yep. and remember i told you how i bracketed everything in yep had the rams money line the rams to uh win yeah Bengals to cover that spread i had over 45 under 57 so it almost worked out really nicely but uh and i even went back and hedge bet it did the exact same thing but flip-flopped it where um i had rams plus points in Bengals money line just as like a hedge yeah because the payouts were pretty damn good so um so that didn't hit. Uh, I had some, I had some player props hit. I had like an OBJ, like oh, I liked it an alt of over fifty. Which so thank God that. Was, <laughs> yeah, that would have been fifty because he had he had fifty two and like it looked like he was going to go for two hundred. So, um, but yeah, decent decent day. The Super Bowl is like one of those things though. It's like 
if you bet every day or like not every day, but you know, you, you bet weekly, um, you get all of like the riffraff people on the outside to come in and bet all the crazy props and stuff yep. that usually don't, don't bet, you know? So it's like an overly glamorous, overly hyped thing because in my mind, I'm not going to bet more. I might bet a little bit more on the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl because it's like a bigger like entertainment value, like there's right. a bunch of people around, you know? Yep. But like overall, it's kind of funny because everyone's like emphasizes how sick the Super Bowl is, but at the end of the day, it's numbers like you're yeah. trying to get overs and unders it's just it's just a game with a glorified like like it doesn't affect you as a it's got the player. hype yeah so yeah yeah i had well, um how about, how about you how'd you how'd you do i did i did <laughs> below average but not like miserable last year's super bowl with the chiefs and the bucks i just hammered everything chiefs every one of their guys to score all the chiefs spread fucking over like all the shit that you you know None of it happened. Uh, so I had a horrible game last year. This year, put down a little bit less, a little bit more of a responsible gambler. Parlayed a few things together, had some single bets. I mean, the one that we both said was going to be locked uh, didn't even really come close with Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. I hit, I hit yeah, that as a single close. individual bet. Didn't come close. I was really surprised by that. I mean, I really thought he would have scrambled out a lot more because he was under a lot of pressure and he did scramble for a few, but I don't know. I just, that one was pretty surprising to me, but I did put down some on Stafford to throw a pick that happened. Obviously through two, I put some down on, I think one of the bets I put was Tyler Boyd versus Van Jefferson, uh, Tyler Boyd to have the longer reception. And that one hit by like four yards. He had 16 yard catch versus Van Jefferson had like a 12 yarder. And then, I had a big parlay. It was a 10-leg parlay, but it was all very, like, how we talked about with kind of the alts, except for it had it had Cooper Cup touchdown, Odo Beckham touchdown. Uh, it had under the alts, like, 57 and a half, like, something super safe. I just did, bought a bunch of points on it. Um, I had Stafford over 240 passing, Burrow over 230 passing, and all those hit. And then the last two legs I needed, I got one of them. It was, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I had Jamar Chase anytime touchdown. Didn't happen. I had Evan McPherson versus Matt Gay. McPherson to have more kicking points than Matt Gay, so that hit. Uh, but my 10-leg pay, ten leg, ten leg parlay, Jared, five bucks put down to win $485. Cooper Cup anytime touchdown, bingo. OBJ anytime touchdown, bingo. Burrow over 229, Stafford over 249, Jamar Chase over 64, Bengals over 16 and a half as a team, Jamar Chase over 64, if I already said that, uh, under 57 and a half, CJ Uzama over nine and a half receiving, he had 11, but the last leg on that was a CJ Uzama touchdown, and that did not happen. So I went nine for 10 on that, that parlay that had plus 9,000 odds. Uh, and it didn't hit. So that was a little bit unfortunate because I don't know. I feel like if the Bengals would have, I don't know, got that first down, maybe kept going down the field, looked for Uzama as a red zone target. I mean, if that would have happened, I would have lost my fucking mind. Yeah. But, you know, that was grasping for straws at that point. And then I did take Bengals, Bengals money happen. line. That was my biggest bet of the day. I just right, right before kickoff, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Bengals are winning. And I put, I mean, not like, like not a huge amount. I put like 25 bucks on it, but. You know, I was like, let's go. I mean, I, I wanted to pick a team to win, and we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, that one, uh, it did okay. I, I did not bad. I made about like half my money back. So, 
you know, it's fun, though. It's fun to put those bets down. It's, oh, the one I had on there was first play of the game, runner pass. I did pass. Of course, it was a fucking run. I put last play of the game to be a quarterback kneel, yes or no. I put no. Of course, it was yes. And, oh, the one that I was, like, really, I thought was for sure going to happen was the jersey number of the first touchdown score. I thought it was going to be over 23 and a half. But I didn't really take into consideration that Cooper Cup and OBJ both have numbers under 23. But I thought he'd just they'd throw it to a receiver, a different receiver besides those two guys, or a tight end, or fucking somebody. But I don't know. That yeah. one didn't hit. Yeah. So yeah, I have a I have this one for you, Ryan. That was uh was frustrating because it was all all things that like very well could have happened. Could have happened, and I'm actually kind of confused. Um. No, that's right. Of course, that's right. Uh, so one of them, one of them was Joe Joe Burrow to have two plus touch passing touchdowns. But guess who had the other one? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Yep. So, uh, so this was this parlay was eleven picks plus thirty five thousand. And I was on Sunday. I, I put it in Sunday, drinking a little bit too. Like so, I was on the loose. Like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put like ten like you know five ten different parlays in, and see what happens. So Cooper Cup anytime anytime touchdown, Rams six plus sacks. What they get? Bengals two. That's they had like seven. Or seven. Eight yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Rams uh, or Bengals two plus sacks. Rams money line. Bengals plus fourteen and a half. Burrow over two fifty four. Burrow two passing touchdowns didn't happen because the mix in one. Burrow rushing yards that we were high on eleven and a half. Yeah. Because he just didn't. He got like didn't run. He didn't run really at all. Uzama over nine and a half yards, and then Cup over ninety nine and a half yards, and he got like so like so so Uzama so like the obviously Joe only threw one touchdown, didn't rush the ball. Cup only ended up going for like ninety four or something. I think ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, 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 ninety two. Yeah, ninety two yards. Yeah, there you go. So, but yeah, no, I my my day was kind of full of them like that, you know, where I I had like like you know what. I think it's some rat bastard shit that I don't want to talk about real quick. <laughs> what is books advertising a player like they're just going to be like 100% full participant without any type of like, and, and they're not being like a ton of articles. Like CJ Ozama, I know, like everyone knew that his knee was banged up, but like he like didn't not, play. Nobody knew, yeah, no, they had a in like the third quarter, they said that he was on a snap count. But there was no articles that I saw before the game that had anything to do with yeah snap count. snap count. So that's like that's like one of those things that when the book just offers him up, like he's just a full participant. Like I feel like there should be some sort of like I don't know, they, like an at like a fantasy football thing where there's got to be a little asterisk like like where like hey he's only playing fifty percent of this because it's like misleading to have his yardage as like normal yardage and then he's gonna be on a snap count the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Um, also. I thought the Cam Akers, Cam Akers, uh, like carry split, like wasn't like obviously Cam Akers had like dominated the carries, you know, but he only had thirteen. But it felt like Daryl Henderson was in there, like he was in there quite a bit. They but they threw the ball a lot, you know, they threw yep. the ball forty times. So I thought like that was kind of a misleading, like misleading over under, considering that you're giving away at, like thirty percent of the carries or forty percent of the carries basically to Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson combined. Like that seems kind of misleading, especially when like books don't even have like a not not that you would bet Daryl Henderson or uh Sonny Michelle over or under. Right. 
but like it just kind of feels weird that the that the lines aren't really that weren't that well adjusted for yeah. the fact that it was going to be split split carries for and sure I guarantee they're so tied in with the nfl that i guarantee they knew that was going to be the case probably yeah so, that make that sounds so. yeah seems right yeah um I mean, that's a good segment, obviously, or segue, I should say, into the actual game itself. So, as everybody knows, the Rams beat the Bengals 23-20. to You know, Jared, I don't know if it's just me, and this may, may not be the best way to, like, start off this conversation, but I was just very... I, 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 this game ended, and I, I walked away. Similar feeling I had after the Chiefs and the Bills game except for the fact that the Chiefs and the Bills game was like amazingly exciting, a lot of action. But at the end of the end of that game, I just was disappointed that the Chiefs ended up winning that game when Joe Burrow played so I mean um uh Josh Allen played so well for the Bills. I just walked out of that game and I was like, "Man, that's such a good game, but just like not really how I think many people wanted it to go." In this game, I felt similar except it was even more boring. There was just this year's Super Bowl, in my opinion, was slightly disappointing. And I thought it, I thought it was disappointing. I thought it was very disappointing. I thought it was more so uh not necessarily I mean, you know, we could talk about the halftime show, right? Great show. Everybody loved it. Um I think it was difficult though, because there was just so much hype. There's always so much hype that goes into every Super Bowl. And looking back at, at the last few seasons and the Super Bowl games. I've started to notice that like after each game, I felt kind of the same way where I, I walked out of it and I was thinking to myself, you know, that was just not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe it's the media hyping it up or I don't know, but the Super Bowl halftime show is great. I'm not trying to sound like, like a, a down or anything, but people acting like that is like the greatest spectacle gathering of human beings they've ever seen in their life also might be a little too a little too much it was really entertaining it was really cool to see all those guys performing but it was fucking like 12 minutes of action it's not like it was this like 45 minute spectacle of these four super and five or whatever however many people were up there six of them right i mean you had kendrick eminem mary J, dr dre snoop 50 like it's an amazing group of people but i didn't feel like it was that uh it was worth the ridiculous amount of hype but then again, comparing it to other Super Bowl halftime shows, I would say it's probably the best that I've seen. But it, was, it just, you know, it just didn't seem there was just so much hype for everything in this game, and it just didn't quite live up to the expectations I think, that I that I had. You I know, think, I think maybe that's just the thing that happens is like, especially like this one, we were everyone was excited about the matchup, and I think that like, it is, it really is. It's like you overhype it so much in your head that you think it's going to be like pure joy that like it doesn't really live up to that feeling you don't get that feeling watching the game like and that game was fucking kind of boring like it was like it was it, very boring it felt like it felt like it was either there was either like a big play that was kind of felt bogus ish or in the like in the second half three and outs jared in the like second half after the first touchdown no after the first touchdown the one play 75 yard touchdown to start the, the third quarter which we'll get into the call about that in a second stafford throws a pick right after that then the Bengals kick a field goal, the Rams kick a field goal, and after that, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven punts in a row. Seven punts in a row. I mean, that's boring. I don't know what else to yeah. say. 
I don't I don't mean to dig on these teams because they're both playing good defense and doing whatever, but I thought the Rams were supposed to I know they didn't have a Jay. I thought the Rams were supposed to be this massively high powered dominant force and they just really weren't. And I guess when it comes down to it, they got the ball in the fourth quarter and Stafford took him down the field and scored the go ahead touchdown. But it was just very underwhelming. And then on top of that, I'm this you know, you were you were mentioning it, like the big play aspect, right? There was two big plays for the Bengals. The one deep ball early in the game down the sideline. Down the sideline for Jamar Chase makes a ridiculously insane one-hand catch. And right when that happened, I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. This game's going to be so sick. There's going to be ridiculous jump ball, one-handed, fucking just crazy plays the whole game. And then that was about it until, again, the first play of the third quarter, Bengals take a deep shot. And was it T. Higgins? Yeah, T. Higgins goes up for the ball. And, I mean, he grabbed Jalen Ramsey's face mask. It was obviously, like, inadvertent. But the bottom line is it's a fucking penalty. And they didn't call it. I felt like everything we just talked about, the lack of action, the punts, the hype, everything else combined with everybody saw and noticed it. But the refs kind of ultimately ended up being kind of the story of this game, which also is not what you want when you're watching a game. Like, again, when you watch the Bills and the Chiefs game, There was not one person that finished watching that game that was thinking, oh, the Rams, I mean, the the Bills got screwed by the refs or the Chiefs got screwed by the refs. The refs weren't even a conversation after that game, and that's why it made it so entertaining. With this game, right on that one play, you're thinking, oh, huge play. The Bengals have got all this momentum. And as soon as they show the replay, as soon as they show the replay, everyone looks around, should have been a penalty, touchdown shouldn't have counted. And, like, that is a huge call to not make in that situation it's a 75 yard touchdown in the super bowl to miss an offensive pi like that is huge and then you go later in the game on that final drive that the rams had there was a holding call on the on the linebacker for the Bengals on cooper cup and it just was not a hold like he did not hold him it was a bad call some say it's a makeup call other people claim you know oh nfl's rigged haha whatever you know maybe probably not right we joke about it but the bottom line is there was a few calls, a few plays where, man, it was just very, very anticlimactic. And that second half was about as boring as it fucking comes, man. Touchdown on the first play and then a combined six points after that until the Bengal, until the Rams had the ball for their last possession, basically, and went down the field and scored a touchdown. Now, that Stafford no-look throw was fucking sick right everybody knows that that no look throw was fucking sick but besides that like it was just cooper cup it was just cooper cup running the ball on fourth down catching passes and it ended with a turnover on downs you know you were hoping the Bengals could get on the field and tie it all in all i was just very very disappointed with how the super bowl played out at the end of the day 23 to 20 i was everybody was hoping for a 45 to 41 game or just something that was better than that i guess you could have assumed that with the the rams defense but again the rams defense i don't know they had a bunch of sacks but i don't know aaron donald was a non-factor for the first half of the game he was a nothing granted they were double teaming him but he was nothing and then the last you know the fourth down play that the Bengals had he ends up coming up and making a big play but it just 
you know, he kind of he kind of took over the game actually in the second half. Yeah, but he was he was causing all sorts of disruptions for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I also you know, talk, going back to the refs too. Like that was another thing. Okay, so one, you said there were seven punts in a row. Not just where they punt, they were like a lot of them were like three and outs. It felt yes. Like. And like, yeah, it literally it went bad, that that field bad, goal. Bad play call. The Rams kicked this field goal to make it sixteen to twenty. Rams are down, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Five plays, three and out, and then seven play punt for the Bengals. That is fucking yeah. brutal. It's it's and that's what made the game feel like a lot like it like at one point and the beginning was the beginning wasn't all that great either. But I just remember looking at my phone and saying the Super Bowl started like, you know, 48 minutes ago and there was like four minutes left in the, in the fucking second quarter. Yeah. And I was like, I yeah, was what's like, going on? Game? Like, why is it cooking? And also I saw like, I saw like a blatant missed time. Like, like they like didn't stop the clock. It was like with two minutes left at one point or like a minute, it was like a minute and 54 seconds left. Somebody caught a ball and went out of bounds. And my buddy, called, my buddy called it out because why didn't they just stop the clock right there? He caught the ball and just ran out of bounds, and they just didn't stop the clock. And I was like, "Why is this game just motoring through?" Yeah. And then the refs don't. There, there had been four penalties in the entire Super Bowl until that fucking last drive, and they give they give them two chances at scoring that touchdown. Yep. You know, this the Rams score the touchdown. They go, the, you know, the Bengals have a chance to go back down and get it, and then the the Rams win the Super Bowl, and you got OBJ crying on the sideline, and it and it's in LA. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, like they felt it yeah. felt more like a WWF, WWE bullshit fucking football game. Hundred so percent theatrical. Everything when the rock. When, I'm sorry, but the fucking. I, I don't know how I feel about the rock anymore, but at the same time, like he was on the field before kickoff. Like, yeah, like these guys are waiting to kick off, and the guy's standing on the field, and he's yelling, and like I get it. I get it's supposed to be a hype thing, but it's like, okay, LA, chill the fuck out. Okay, yep. like let's. Can we still have a football game? Can we not go so fucking Hollywood that we? It's overbearing and fake. You it mean, felt like exactly what you it said. Felt so Hollywood. It felt like so a fake. The whole Super Bowl felt like a WWE match to me, and even more yeah. so the more that you talk about disappointment. OBJ tore his fucking ACL, and like you said, he was on pace probably to have 150, 200 receiving yards. Obviously, he was tearing it up. Injury that puts a damper on the game. Stafford gets ankles rolled up on. He's fucking limping around. That puts a damper on the game. Burrow, more than likely, dude, he's got some sort of torn ligament in his knee. The way he reacted on that one play where he got rolled up to, he's screaming in agony. That puts a damper on the game. So overall, it, there was, like you said, there were so many theatrical moments and so many flamboyant personalities and so little actual substance to the game that it felt like it was a scripted, WWE match that unfortunately had a predetermined outcome. Is that the case? Is there a predetermined outcome? Probably not. But people are more inclined to feel that way when there are four penalties the entire game. One of which, by the way, early on was a guy running onto the fucking field for the Bengals in street clothes and fucking flip flops and a hoodie. And he gets a penalty. So Essentially, there's three actual on-the-field game-related penalties until the fourth quarter. And they throw, what, three or four? Three or four on the final drive? Yeah, and one of them was like um, a delay a game or something. Exactly. ridiculous. Yeah. There's no holding. There's nothing. And that's what I think we've talked about that on other fucking, uh, like some of the other podcasts. You can hide in fucking plain sight because people always go like, oh, the refs. And all you have to do is not mention it. And not talk about it, and it fucking disappears. People will remember 
OBJ crying and The Rock and all that shit. They don't right. fucking remember that the like the fact that the game was literally manipulated by the referees. And it's like I hate to say it, but like four there's four fucking penalties on the last drive. Like I don't know. I mean, obviously, like the it went in the Bengals' favor too. Like he threw Jalen Ramsey on the ground, but I just hate that. I hate that referees are fucking can control the game. Like it, ha- it should have to be right. Like like if you're gonna call a fucking penalty or like I don't know. Like I don't know how you make the game flow. Hundred percent. Like, like game flow without like, like, without like double checking or if like if you're double checking a penalty or, um, you know, double checking a no call. But this is like this isn't the first time this has happened in the NFL. It's like go back to the Ram, the Rams and Saints, uh, game when the fucking yeah they crushed the the Saints guy. That, that I mean that's to go to the Super Bowl. It's like I don't know. Maybe it's a bigger because it's a bigger market. I don't know, but they're probably they're obviously making more money. The fact that the LA was in it. Hundred percent. I don't know. I just no. I just feel like, and I, I don't think it was shitty. There's some shittiness about it, right? Sure. Yeah, it's definitely just kind of stained. And I think everybody that said this was a good game, I just disagree. I disagree with that. I don't think it was a good game. I think it was an average football game at best. Like I said, injuries, penalties, all that shit that unfolded, and. The commercials were even pretty average for the most part. There was not one or two commercials that stood out to me where I was like, this commercial is fucking hilarious. Coinbase probably dominated the commercial game with that fucking QR code that was just bouncing around the screen. I was watching that unfold and I was like, this is brilliant. That was the only commercial I thought this one is a great use of time and space and everything else. The rest of it was just, like you said, not only the game, but the commercials, it was just a celebrity fest. I mean, holy shit. It was just every single possible celebrity you could even remotely think of was at that game. It just did not feel like a football game. It didn't feel like the Chiefs-Bills. So, in my opinion, I mean, Chiefs-Bills was the best football game of the year by far. And I don't even know if this game ends up falling in the top 10, considering all the amazing games that unfolded throughout the season and in the playoffs. I mean, shit, this is probably the sixth or seventh best game in the postseason, not even in the entire season. The Super Bowl is the sixth or seventh best game in the postseason. So I don't know how people can say that it was a, you know, a great game. It was okay, but it was not entertaining by any means. And again, are we being spoiled by, by saying that probably, right? I mean, how many games have unfolded and ended 23 to 20, but to my point about the Super Bowls before that, this year, 23 to 20. Last year, high-powered Chiefs offense. Everyone's looking forward to seeing the Mahomes duel with Tom Brady. Really disappointing. Chiefs couldn't do shit. Year before that, uh, Chiefs 49ers. Mahomes doesn't even play well and ends up getting a win because the 49ers just weren't that good of a team. And that game to me, again, a lot of hype. Chiefs are amazing. Ended up being kind of average. Year before that, 13 to 3, Patriots over the Rams. So it's like these last four or five Super Bowls, a lot of hype, not much substance in the actual game itself. This game, also, to me, what made it not fun is that nobody really played that well. Like there was Cooper Cup played a great football game, Odell was playing a good game until he got hurt. T. Higgins had four catches for 100 and two touchdowns, so I guess T. Higgins had a pretty good game. But if you take Cooper Cup and T. Higgins out of this game, nobody played that well. Burrow threw the one touchdown. Game, the running game is... The, 
kind of miserable. I mean, Nobody ran. He had yeah, 70 yards. He had 70 yards, but the Rams couldn't run the ball. Stafford had two picks. One of the, one of his picks was just like we talked about before. He, he's got a tendency of it. Horrible throw. Just a miserable throw. He points the guy out in the corner of the end zone and then just throws it to him. Under throws it by four yards and it gets picked. I just, nobody played that well. The one thing you can take away from this game, as we know, and we've said it a billion times, Cooper Cup is a fucking freak. And we'll get into our, our player rankings here shortly. But overall, my takeaway on the Super Bowl was no one played well. Injuries, referees, low to medium scoring. Very disappointed with the overall the overall product that was given to us in the Super Bowl. And that might be me being stuck up and right. I mean, we got fucking spoiled in the postseason. We got spoiled to death with all these upsets, with all these games ending in the most fucking crazy fashion. One one possession, final final play field goals, right? I mean, I like you said, I just hope or I wish the Bengals would have been able to go down and at least give McPherson a shot at a 64 yarder. You know what I mean? Just yeah. something. Well, you're like, oh, so the, oh yeah, the, okay, the now end, it's over. The end of this sack and like last, my last little bit about it too is that fucking third and one call. They just run it the third, up the middle. They just run it up the middle with with not even Joe Mixon. With so, Samaji Piran. Oh, god. They just run it right up the middle, and 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 there's no push, and there's no I don't know. It was fucking a miserable run. Like, yeah, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch that run. That's I agree. How unsuccessful it was. Not, it wasn't like they, like someone made like a crazy play. The holds got kind of jammed up, and they like kind of rolled up on him, and he just got right. fell. Like it was just a dog shit play, and then you have one chance for Burrow to not get sacked. Yeah, that, that that's that's the that's the last thing I'll say. If it's fourth down and one, and you're gonna throw the ball, first of all, throw it short, and we'll touch. Actually, it's a good segment to that part I want to talk about, but throw the ball short. Put the ball in open field. Put it in space. But to have Burrow take a shotgun snap and then what drop back a fucking five step drop like if you're going to have him do that or you're going to make that kind of play call, that's fine. But you need to have five down linemen and two tight ends blocking literally seven guys down down blocking to double team every fucking guy that's pat. You need to double team Vaughn. You need to double team Aaron Donald. You need to double team Leonard Floyd like everybody needs to be double teamed to make sure if you're going to throw it that he has time to throw the ball. And I know Aaron Donald is a fucking freak, okay? I get it. But horrible play call because then in transition to the, the small segment I wanted to touch on, there's a meme, or not even a meme, there's a picture going around about Jamar Chase being open, quote-unquote, open down the field on that final fourth and one play because Jalen Ramsey fell down. At that moment that Jamar Chase was open, first of all, He's 45 fucking yards down the field. Why is he so far down there? If anything, throw him a fucking screen behind the line of scrimmage and let him make a play. Jump in the air. Do something. But he's 45 yards down the field, and he's open. And Jalen Ramsey, yes, is on the ground. Joe Burrow's also on the ground already. The ball's in the fucking air. For a receiver to be open, he needs to be open while the quarterback has the ball and is looking for him. That is the definition of open. He was not fucking open, and the the meme or the the picture that's going around, if only Joe Burrow had more time. How much time did he need? Jamar Chase is 45 yards down the field. Are you guys saying, if only he had more time? How much more time? Nine seconds? Like, what a stupid play call. 
run slants, run a screen, run a fucking run a shovel pass, something with your playmakers. And that's where I feel like the Chiefs, in all honesty, and this is not a shit on the Bengals, but I, th I feel like I feel like the Rams would have lost the Super Bowl to the Bills or the Chiefs. They would have lost yeah. by 25 points to the Bills because the Bills have a high-powered offense and their defense is fucking good, good. And if the game unfolded the exact same way it did for the Rams on offense with the exact same statistics and the exact same numbers, Cooper Cup, OBJ getting hurt, all those things, they'd have scored 23 points and the Bills would have scored 45 fucking points. I guarantee it. Same with the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are facing the fourth and one, shovel pass to Travis Kelsey. Screen pass to Tyree Kill. Anything. Motion. Something. For fuck's sake. It was so frustrating. And that's just a microcosm of the whole game, I think. It's just like, man, ugh. You know? Ugh. Didn't love it. You know? Didn't love it. Yeah. But wasn't, just wasn't, like you said, tough for him to live up to the hype, but it definitely did not live up to the hype. No. Didn't live and, up to and it. I, and that, the Hollywood touch, the Hollywood touch that we saw, I don't know. I just fucking, it was, you know what that game was? It was, it should be, it was, it was plastic. There's got to be some 100%. On, words the, on what, what that game was. It 100%. Was, it was just like LA. Everything about it was LA and fake and plastic. Super and sh it, shitty, but like, it was a superficial game to me. It was a superficial yeah, game. Yeah. It was just very, was like, just fucking, a lot of show and not it, a lot of substance. LA just happens to be at their home field. It's yeah, just, man. Like, for fuck's I'm sake. Saying, I just want, I, I would love just the, I would just love the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, would love the, I would just love to know, just to be able to, to just a tapped phone call. For sure. Just admit that they're fucking scripting the outcomes of the game, at least, because I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's how it felt. So then, felt you, plastic. yeah. So then you have, then you have this fucking, uh, you have this, uh, game unfold the way it does you have to sit through it it's not ideal you don't love the outcome and then you have to sit here and and go on twitter and read a tweet from lebron james now lebron james is an amazing basketball player and actually to be honest with you his commercial in the super bowl was pretty fucking cool the one with crypto.com where he's talking to the 16-year-old version of himself. I mean, that's a fucking cool commercial, right? I watched it. I thought, damn, that's really cool CGI. It's, it's a cool concept. But then the Rams win this fucking plastic superficial game that we just talked about. And he fires off. He has the fucking audacity to fire off a tweet that says, We, meaning the Lakers... Dodgers and Rams should all do a joint parade together with a live concert afterwards to end it. City of Champions with a bunch of fucking trophy row emojis and wing emojis. Uh, ringing emojis, excuse me. Let's just break that down real quick. Jared, let me ask you. The Lakers win the, the uh, NBA Finals last year? No, they did not. Actually, last time that they won one, in order to play in the game, you had to wear fucking big mouse ears on top of your head. Yep. So. Because it was Mickey Mouse. The Lakers didn't win the last championship. Jerry, did the Dodgers win the last World Series? Nope. The Dodgers even play. Not. The Dodgers even play in the last World Series. No, nope. they did not. And uh, also, in order to play in that World Series, 
You had to wear Mickey Mouse ears. The one the Dodgers did win, right? The one the Dodgers did actually win is, I mean, about as Mickey Mouse as it fucking comes, for God's sake. He has the fucking... Is a 60-game MLB season? 60-game season. Two years ago, they won it, and he has the fucking gall to send a tweet. We, Dodgers, and Rant... Like, what if there's a fucking parade next week? And the Lakers are just fucking... City of Champions while they're sitting in ninth place in the Western Conference right now. Now, I'm not saying LeBron needs to because there's there's a video of him dancing to the halftime show. Right. And somebody somebody, you know, sent the video or quoted the video and they're like, wow, pretty crazy for LeBron to be, you know, dancing when his team's in ninth place in the Western Conference. I'm not asking him to walk around miserable if his team is not the most recent champion. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's not the most recent fucking champion, so he shouldn't be acting like they need to have a full city. By the way, city of champions. Wow. What a statement that is. If you want to tally up the actual number of championships in the city of L.A. in the 21st century, how many is it? The Dodgers have one. The Lakers have a few, right, because of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah, but we could put put asterisks next, next to... The last two before the fuck, even the way the the way the Super Bowl went, I want to put an asterisk next to the fucking Rams one too because it was just so fucking stuffy. Oh, dude! And plastic. But no, but the the other two, the other two were Mickey Mouse bullshit, bullshit. So bad, dude. It's like you played, you played, you have bubble basketball, and you got you have bubble basketball, bubble baseball uh, too. NBA to be title, honest, NBA title and and yeah. And BS baseball, where you have sixty game season, you're a hundred games short of a regular. No fans, season. no fans. You basically played, and I get it. Like they did what they had, they played with what they could. But right. It's like, you can't it hold it to the same weight. You can't hold it. You can't hold it to the same weight. Yeah. So because for all you know, you play one hundred sixty games, you you don't have all your hundred percent. People get yeah. shit like that. Guess what happened to the Dodgers this year, Jared? They played out their full season, and in the last fucking week of the regular season. When the Dodgers were already in the playoffs, they're going to get in no matter what. Last week of the season, their fucking heart of the order, slugging all-star starter, first baseman Max Muncy, gets hurt, reaching for a ball down the line. Hurts his elbow, can't swing, out for the playoffs. Shit happens. I'm not wishing injury upon anybody, but that's the point of these championships. I'm not telling LeBron to be miserable all the time. I'm not saying he shouldn't celebrate, but I think they did. Maybe his point is that they did they weren't able to have championship parades because of COVID. I I don't know the angle he was going at, but it's not it's not a good look. And it's not it's definitely not a good look because if you were to take like the way already, LeBron you already have the fucking you already have the fucking spotlight all the time. And you were at the you game, already, you're all over social media. Here. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're in the you're on ESPN every two seconds. It's like, come on, like for that's another thing. Let the fucking Rams have their moment, dude. You know, this yes, is their championship. They they want. You have guys like OBJ out there winning their first ring. Aaron Donald getting his first ring, and like, you know, it's like a lot. Matthew Stafford getting his first ring. It's like, just let them have their moment, dude. You, you're on ESPN all the time. You're on the fucking commercials for the game. You're in a, the new Space Jam movie that everyone hates. And like, you know what I mean? You already have so much spotlight. Like, why do you need, like, why did you feel the need to fire that tweet off and take away from what the Rams had just accomplished, regardless if it was fucking superficial and plastic or not? They still won. They still won a ring. 
like just get your nose out of it for a minute you have too big of a platform to be fucking sh- pulling attention away 100 from from what they just achieved 100 percent. that's how i feel about it. yeah i mean and on top of that well i, mean, I was just gonna say like you don't if Twitter existed in the fucking 80s or whatever, or the 90s, and let's just say the Cubs won the World Series in like, or or the Bears, the Bears won the World Series, uh, won the Super Bowl in uh, 97, 98, or whatever. Do you think Michael Jordan would have gone on Twitter and been like, hey, I know we won the championship two years ago, we should all have a fucking parade, Chicago. Like, no, it just wouldn't happen. And that's why LeBron gets so much fucking hate, man. And I don't I don't hate the guy. I'm just saying he gives it to himself. He does it to himself, man. It's not us. I don't hate LeBron James. He's an unbelievable basketball player. Arguably the greatest that's ever actually played the sport. But he's not as likable as the other guys because of this type of shit. Because he just makes it about himself and that just sucks it sucks so bad uh at the end of the day life goes on it's just a fucking tweet but i thought it was fucking garbage from lebron so we'll move on from that uh we'll move on from the super bowl it's over with it was disappointing it is what it is it fucking it happens but it's also a good segment too the season's over the rankings for you know as course of course as as it always goes season ends and all these fucking media outlets come out and they go well let's Here's the rankings for next year. Like, how do you have the rankings already for next year? Looking at the ESPN early NFL power rankings, this came out yesterday. Okay, yesterday was Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. They put the Chiefs at one, Bills two, Rams three, Packers four, and the Bengals five, and the 49ers sixth. In their power rankings. Let's just run through that list really quick. Chiefs at one. Fine. Fine. Fine by me. Bills at two. More than okay with that. Good good one too, yeah. Rams at three, Jared. The Rams at three. I'm going to freak out. OBJ, free agent. Aaron Donald, probably retired. Whitworth, retired. Von Miller, free agent. Cooper Cup, amazing, but not going to put up the same fucking year. Zero. Zero first-round draft picks for the LA Rams. And you're telling me they're going to be better? They're going to be the third-best team in the NFL next year? The third-best team. There is no fucking chance. There is no chance. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I'm telling you... 12 and 5 is what they finished at. I think next year they're 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 again. Does that make them the third best team? Absolutely not. There's no fucking way. They were not the third best team coming into the postseason. They're not going to be the third best team next year. Horrible spot to put them. I mean, it's not like the end of the world, right? They're probably going to end up being 5, 6, or 7, but all the way up at 3, insane. The fourth yeah, ranked I mean, team. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you're good. I'm understand that the only the only reasoning I could see behind that is because they literally just won. They literally just won the championship, so they they have to show them sure. a respect. They probably get a couple free booster points to go up. I don't think like you said though, they're losing people. They don't have, they don't have really like I mean other than st- like you know they have Stafford in the defense, but they don't in the in cup obviously. 
And I guess if OBJ was, was there. Okay, but they have the defense because like, of know. Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And those both those yeah. guys are gonna be gone know, most likely. It doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel great. Yeah. So like then I, you, like I, I I take I yeah, go ahead. Keep going. I was gonna say, then they have at four <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Now it gets to a point on this list where I, I'm just saying don't even just don't even fucking release this list because it's so stupid. It's it's all based on assumptions. The worst part about this is they put him at four, and their par- the one paragraph they have is a descriptor for every team. Their whole offseason hinges on whether Aaron Rodgers wants to return. Then what the fuck are you putting him at four? What what is that about? Like, where do they go if tomorrow Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, I will be playing in Denver next season? Where do they drop to? They go from four to fucking 23. I mean, literally. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. You literally can't do that, which is fine. I know that it's all for the argument's sake and for fucking people to click on the article and read, but it's horrible. Then you have the Bengals at five. I don't hate it, but also the Bengals were a wild card team this year and they finished at fucking nine and seven. Like, let's just, or 10 and seven. Like, let's just dial it back a little bit. Putting me at five. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah, there was, you know, the, if the Chiefs, the Bengals are kind of an afterthought right now if the Chiefs show up in the second half. Correct. If the, if the Chiefs show up in the second half, they say they'll be good one day. That's, Correct. That's what people say. The Bengals, the Bengals will have a chance to, like, you know, actually compete for a championship and contend for a championship yep. in the next couple of years as Joe, they build the offensive line around Joe Burrow because, and, and they, they get a little bit better of a defensive, you know, they, they beef up the defense a little bit because obviously you can't take anything away from what the defense did ended up, ended up doing, you know, they actually ended up having a pretty damn great postseason. Sure. But if you look at those games, that chiefs game that they won could have fucking spun out of hand. Oh, hundred percent. If, if they score that touchdown before half, I mean that that game could have turned into a forty-two to seventeen game. Well, Jared, Jared, who's it? Who's an easier matchup for the Rams at home in the Super Bowl, the Bengals or the Chiefs? It's the Bengals. It's easily the Bengals. So again, maybe Mahomes just had a bad half of football. Maybe he's buying a sports car with the checks that the NFL cut him to say stop playing in the fucking. Miss three throws in the second half and go get your ring next year or something. I don't know. Bengals at five. Not atrocious, but not great. Dude, at number six, and the number six best team in the NFL next year, according to ESPN, is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I know they just went to the NFC Championship. I know. But they went 10 and seven with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is above average at quarterback, and he's gone. They've pretty much decided they're moving on from Jimmy G. So you're telling me Trey Lance is going to come in, basically a rookie, right? He's not a rookie, but it's a Mahomes situation where he sat out for, he was the backup for a year. Trey Lance is going to come in and lead that team to be the sixth best team in the NFL. There's just no fucking shot. There's no shot. I, that it's makes no fucking sense. The rest of this list is like whatever. Cowboys at seven, Titans at eight. Really hard for me to put the Cowboys above the Tennessee Titans when I feel like the Tennessee Titans are just built to, to win football games, and the Cowboys 
are in a fucking garbage can division and just get handed basically six uh, wins a year in their division. But I don't know. Eagles are okay. The rest of that division is okay. I mean, and then they have the Cardinals at 10, the Chargers at 11, the Ravens at 12. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm putting the Ravens, Chargers, and Cardinals all above the 49ers. All three of those teams above the 49ers oh, yeah. for next year. You 100%. kidding me? Justin Herbert's a fucking animal. Uh, fucking, uh, if Kyler Murray leaves or not, I mean, the Cardinals are, that might be a one factor, right? If Kyler Murray leaves, who knows? They put the Patriots above the Chargers, dude. The Patriots. The Patriots made the playoffs. I know they made the playoffs, but they went to the playoffs and got fucking curb stomped by the Bills, and that was it. They got smoked. The Chargers would have put up a much better fight, and the Chargers are going to be better than the Patriots next year. That's just a fact. Now, are the Chargers going to the Super Bowl? No, because the franchise is fucking cursed. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's destined. They want the two L.A. teams to win it back-to-back to prove that fucking football belongs in L.A. Wouldn't surprise me either, but... If you had yeah. to give your rankings next year for the NFL season, Jared, give me your top five. Top five for the NFL season, starting at five down to one. Okay. Let me uh let me take a look here. Let's and for argument's so sake starting, for argument's sake, let's say five, yeah. let's say Rogers is on the pack. Everyone stays where they were, right? Besides, of course, okay. the the actual free agents. I'm talking more about the guys that are like you know, so Rogers is like basically. Basically, you're deciding who's four, who's four and five. Because I think the top three, if Rogers is on the Packers, is like crystal clear. You think the Rogers, the Packers are three I if Rogers is on the Packers, I, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think yeah. I think the pa- the Packers are three. So, so hold on, so Chiefs, read it. So read up. Okay, so hold on. So once you get your five and four, I want you to read them all off. This is for for usage later on. But five and four, who do you yeah, who do me, you got? Let me let me look. Let me just let me. Let me scan and just kind of make make a okay. Here's here's kind of what I have because here's what I'm thinking. Is I'm thinking that both the Cardinals, the Cardinals and the Cowboys kind of like they intrigue me to mix it into those spots. So do the Titans. Um the obviously the Bucks lost Tom Brady, so I don't know what the hell that team's gonna look like. Um but if Titans have Derrick Henry back. I think I put them at. I think I put them at, at five. Absolutely, absolutely. The Titans at the Titans at number five, and then I would say the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. I know that Kyler Murray kind of like was was shaky at the end of the year, but I still think that team has yet to live up to its potential, and like I th- I still think that they have a really good chance of being like like they're kind of the I have the same feeling with the Cardinals as I do with the Cowboys, except I I. I might believe I might actually switch that pick out and put the Dallas Cowboys at number four. Okay. Because the Dallas Cowboys had the most, their defense was fucking a brick wall. Correct. And they have so many weapons on offense. Dak Prescott is really fucking good. And yeah, they've, they choke city, but like if they could put a full season together. Oh yeah. They're, they could be unreal. Like, oh yeah. Because that, because that's how, that's how I feel about that defense. It's like that pass rush, you know, that you have, you just have the defensive rookie of the year. You had, um, Obviously, I know it's funny because Diggs had like led to that league in interceptions, but he also got freaking roasted on coverage a lot of times. Yep, like yards against him, you know. So there's a little bit of refining to do there, but like, so when you, when that team was going off, they could beat teams fifty to fucking. They did. They, they could put up fifty and give and give up 
you know, 20 points. They did. I think they had a... In, in garbage time. Yeah, they played a shit team, I mean, late in the year, but I remember they, I think they literally beat them like 50 to 3. Like, that was one of the games they played. I mean, just... So, I, I'm i going to go... Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say... Titans 5? I'll, I'll go Dallas, Dallas Cowboys number 5. Tennessee Titans number 4. Yep. The Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers at, at 3. Is, they're number 3. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at number two because that defense is not good enough yet. And the Buffalo Bills, the number one team in the NFL. And that's because that defense is badass and that offense is obviously badass. If What they need to do is they need to sign a fucking running back. Because 100%. Like, I, I get it. They, they, they kind of, they have pat, they patchwork the whole running back situation. And Devin Singletary had some really good games at the end of the year. So I don't want to take that away from him. Yep. But they don't have a fucking Derrick Henry. And like a lot of these teams don't really have one of those guys yet. But like, there's if you look at like some of those top teams you have derrick henry you have you have a joe mixon i mean the chiefs are kind of they have the, the edwards hilarious situation that's kind of not that pretty either um i like green Bay's guys aaron jones um yeah the cowboys obviously have zeke you know the cardinals um they kind of move around they had actually james Conner played a fantastic Great year. you know what i mean but they, they just need one of those elite yeah. running backs that that gives them a, like a uh, more of a ground presence, I think. Yep. And then you have Josh Allen mixed in with that. I, I think that team that's the team to beat next year, especially with Tom Brady gone. Um, and then obviously the you know I don't think the Chiefs defense is gonna gives me enough to say that they're number one. Obviously, like you said, we have that picture of uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing fifty touchdowns in his first year. That's hard to get out of our heads. Right. Um, yep. I think that's that's the team to beat next year yeah. is the Buffalo Bills. I would not be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl. Great, great list. Okay, great list. So wait, so so to recap, you had Cowboys five, Titans four, Cowboys five, Titans four, Packers with Rogers uh, three, Chiefs yep. Bills. Only yep. okay. So my top five for next season would be, I would go. This is not going to sound great because the Cowboys have done nothing to earn this. But I go Titans five. I go Cardinals six. Okay. With a, with Kyler Murray Cardinals at six Titans at five Packers at four Cowboys at three Chiefs at two Bengals at one. I just, like you said, Bengals? I mean, I mean, holy shit. Let me let me do that again. Not the Bengals. No, no, not the Bengals. Cardinals six. Titans five. Packers four. Cowboys three. Chiefs two. Buffalo Bills number one next year. That's my list. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, that's, that's solid. And I, it's and similar, I think right? It's similar. Watching, just the yeah. Cowboys are just so in such a good spot. I mean, they're just like yeah. such a good spot. I mean, if they beat the, the 49ers this year. I know they choke, man, but that's we're not talking about that doesn't mean the Bengals. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep saying the fucking Bengals. It doesn't mean the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. That's just the end of the season. That's what the power rankings are going to end up. The the Bills are going to be the number one team. Chiefs are going to be number two. Right. So I think the Cowboys may end up being the number one seed in the NFC next year. I really do. I, I know they haven't done anything to earn that. And that doesn't mean they're not going to fucking lose in the first round. But they're dude, they are. The Cowboys are fucking loaded. They are fucking loaded loaded dude they have yeah. zeke elliott and he on any team obviously like he hasn't been the most productive guy but they have zeke and then tony pollard dude would start 
on 22 NFL teams. Like, literally, he would start for the Bills. Yeah. Seriously. No offense to Singletary, yeah, no, but Pollard is better. <laughs> Pollard is a monster, yeah, dude. Their depth, their depth is insane. Amari Cooper, fucking C.D. Lamb, uh, Cedric Wilson. Dude, they are loaded on offense. And then on defense, they just had Michael Parsons came out of nowhere and was just the m- absolute monster. Diggs is a monster. Dude, they're, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. There's no reason why they shouldn't be the one seed next year uh, in the NFC. That's just my opinion. I think the Rams could easily be the two seed, but I don't have the Rams. I don't have the Rams in my top five next year. I don't. And the ESPN has them at three. I don't have them in my top five next year. That's that's a recency bias. I just don't think. I mean, shit, they lost to the Seahawks twice. And the, their games that they won, it's like. Uh, I mean, they beat the Bucks. They almost, they damn near blew that game. Um, you know? Yeah. But it's like that, like you said, they're going to. They have the they have the chance of also losing a lot a lot of that team that they had. This it's year. not a chance, Jared. They are eight million over cap. If right now, yeah, dude, they're going to lose. Okay, Whitworth is retired. He is gone, and he's arguably the best left tackle in the NFL. Aaron Donald may or may not retire. Who knows? Let's just say for argument's sake, he's still there. Von Miller is gone because he's not going to be. They're not going to be able to sign him. OBJ probably gone. Also, also by the way. OBJ is not gone for contract. OBJ has a torn ACL. He's done for next season. Like he's not going to play. So who's their offense next year? Stafford and cup. I mean, you saw how, how I guess cup is just a, such a freak, but you saw how it unfolded for a lot of that second half. Like we talked about seven punts in that game. If there's no one else to compliment Cooper Cup, he gets fucking double teamed. That's why it worked so well with those two, those two, right? Beckham came over; yeah. he was a monster. So, yeah, I mean that's where I'd have the NFL rankings. And then really quickly here, we'll go through uh, our. Let's just do top five at each position, and I'll give you a little bit. Uh, we're just gonna do the four the four offensive positions: QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And what I'll do is I'll read you off the top five quarterbacks not that this is a great indicator but the top five quarterbacks as far as fantasy points go for this past nfl season and then we can make our list but the top five as far as total fantasy points this year in the nfl at quarterback josh allen was one herbert was two brady was three brady's gone mahomes was four rogers is five and then you went stafford dak joe burrow kyler murray you know, a, a bunch of sort of middle tier guys, right? You have Russell that didn't have a great year, got hurt. Yeah. Who's your top five quarterbacks going into next season? Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is number one for me still. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is just his game sense, his game knowledge. If I have, if I could pick any, now that Tom Brady's gone, and I don't know if I would have taken Tom over him anyway this year. Yep. But like, obviously Tom had a freak year, but Tom had some crazy way crazier weapons around him than Rodgers did. Yep. Rodgers had Devontae, and then he was throwing touchdowns to Alan Lazard. And Aaron Jones, so, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez scaling. Like, that's the type yeah. of guy that Aaron Rodgers yeah. with and put together an MVP season. So, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers coming off back-to-back MVPs. You have to take him at number one. And then Wait, hold on. This... Let's do, let's go five to one, like we did last five, time. Five to one? Okay. Then uh, number five for me is going to be, I want to say Justin, or, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert's going to be my number five. Okay. Um, and that's tough because 
this four and five position, it could, it could, the others like, you know, honorable mentions in my mind, obviously you got to give it to Stafford. He had, actually did have a great year. Yep. His turnover, he's a little bit sloppy with turnovers. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow had a freak year too. Yep. Um, obviously proved that he could win. So he's probably in that, like right in that range, but like just for the sake of like, if I'm picking top five right now, Herbert threw for like 5,000 yards this year. I'm taking Herbert at number five. I'm taking Dak Prescott at number four. I'm taking Josh Allen at number three, Patrick Mahomes at number two, and Aaron Rodgers at number one. Okay. Uh, I I love the I love the list. I think I think the quarterback rankings for me with Rodgers depends on uh, if he goes to Denver or not. If he goes to Denver, Rodgers is definitely my number one. If he doesn't go to Denver, he may slip to two or three on my list because it's hard to put him. He's amazing, but I just here here here's my here's my list, and you might not love it. I got Burrow at five, Dak at four, Mahomes at three. Rogers at two, Josh Allen number one. I think I it all. I think Josh Allen is really interchangeable. I think Josh Allen is so fucking good. <laughs> I think yeah. he is so fucking good, and he's only going to get better, dude. And they're only going to build around him, and they're only going to want to add pieces. I would not be shocked, dude, if they traded for a fucking Tony Pollard. I mean, not maybe not exactly Tony Pollard, but a, a running back that's high caliber. No offense to Singletary. Yeah. Maybe it's just a complimentary guy because they didn't have anybody besides Singletary. Um, but you look at a lot of those quarterbacks that are on that list, they have like stellar, stellar running backs. If not one, they have like two that are really, really productive, at least towards the end of the year. Like Mahomes had Clyde Edwards and McKinnon, McKinnon, uh, Jarek McKinnon running people over. Rogers has, uh, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Dak has Zeke and Tony Pollard. Like all those guys have huge lists for me with Herbert. I have him at six. I just, I think he's amazing, but I just, man, Joe Burrow is just only going to get better. He's only going to get better. And I think yeah. Herbert's at six for he's me, good. for sure. But it's Herbert, Herbert and, uh, yeah, no, definitely Herbert and Burrow are like, they're almost interchangeable in that, they're interchangeable in that like four or five, you know, four, five, six spot. Yep. With like, with like Dak probably. Um, and then that Josh, that Josh Allen, Rogers, Mahomes is probably that top three combo. And you could probably mix those up, and you could probably mix those top three in the in the four, five, six up in about any way. And I'd probably agree with the list in some sort of fashion. Um, I think the I I do love I I I do love the fact that you put Josh Allen at number one because out of those top three, he's by far the most dynamic in terms of like his rushing ability. He's, you know, he's a hundred percent. He's a, he's, a, he's he might, like a runner. Yeah, what the Mahomes football can scramble. Yeah. Mahomes can scramble like a little bit, you know, but he's not, he's nothing like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a real, like a true, like rushing threat. Yep. You know, the guy punches in touchdowns on QB draws yep. and then he's fucking huge. And like, not to mention, like you gotta like look back and remember, like sometimes you see the end of the year stats, like he played in some shit weather this year. Oh, he horrible. played in the fucking, he played in the wind bowl game. It's like, People don't Dude. really take that shit into account when you think for think about he didn't even make it to 149 yards that night. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And he still threw for 4,400 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So that night he didn't even make it up. Didn't even make it to 149. And nobody's nobody really thinks about the uh, fact that he was just throwing the ball through a fucking wind. Storm. Josh Allen had 763 rushing yards this year. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You I mean, that is more than that's more than half the league's like, running backs. Oh yeah, easy. Let's see. It looks like the only quarterback that beat him was Jalen Hurts as far as running goes. But Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen are the only guys over, uh, over 350. And Hertz is a running quarterback. I mean, Hertz had 16 passing touchdowns. Josh Allen had 36. But Josh Allen had 21 less rushing yards. Like, holy shit, man. How many how many rushing yards did he have? Joe uh Josh Allen? 763. Yeah, so so he was up there. Well, it looks like he obviously Lamar is up there too. Uh Oh, I miss Lamar. Yeah, Lamar has 767, but he's also a running quarterback, and he also only threw 16 touchdowns. Josh Allen threw 36 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, like that's pretty pretty wild. Like if you look at the kind of the list, you want to talk about that? It's like you have guys like Cordero Patterson who had a great year. You have guys like you know James Conner, Miles Sanders. Um, you know, like there's a lot of running backs that he beat. Did I mean the fact? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's pretty wild. Yeah, so, I mean, those are good lists, and it's a good transition to the running backs here. If you could, do you have a top five? We don't have to dive into the quarter, but, you know, the rest yeah. of these positions as much, because I feel like tight end is, no. tight end's, like, super easy one, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, tight end's, tight end's the, the running back. Um, running backs, as far as points go, again, let me read you the top five. Jonathan Taylor, one. Eckler, two. Najee Harris, three. Mixon, four. James Conner, five. And then you got Leonard Fournette, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Cordell Patterson. Gibson, Aaron Jones. So, I mean, it starts to dwindle a little bit, but I have a I have a guy that I think's top 5 that's not even in the top fucking 15 or 16 of of points, but it's mostly cuz he was injured. But who who's your top 5 from 5 to 1 running backs? Uh, okay. Top 5 running backs. Let me see. Oh, yeah, let me see. Let me think. All right, here we go. Top 5 running backs. I know what my number one and two are, and I actually know what my three are. So I'm just trying to think about four and five. I know I'm going to go. Man, this is tough. The, once again, I'm kind of stuck with that same three, four, that, that three, four, five, or four, five, six. No, four, five, six. I'm stuck with that four, five, six. And here's, I'll give you the four, five, six, just because it's easier for me to like to tell you this interchangeably. So I'm just going to, I'll name the top five and then I'll go, kind of go back. But I would say Austin Eckler, number five, Ezekiel Elliott, number four, Dalvin Cook, number three, Derek Henry, number two, Jonathan Taylor, number one. And that's probably a little bit of injury bias in there because Jonathan Taylor has stayed healthy the whole year. Um, I don't think that I know Chubb. Chubb was up there in rushing yards this year. I don't. I don't like Chubb or Joe Mixon or Najee Harris in that top five. And I, if I was going to include like my number six in there, in, the, in my four, five, six, it would be adding Alvin Kamara in there. Yeah, because of how dynamic he is. So, so like kind of an interchangeable four, five, six would be Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Austin Eckler. So, so what's your five through one? Five through one. Five through one. Is Austin Eckler at number five, Ezekiel Elliott at number four, which is tough, but I know how good Zeke can be. Um, 
I got Dalvin Cook at number three. I'm trying to fix my camera. Go Derek, ahead. Derek Henry at number two, and Jonathan Taylor at number one. And I get it. Like, like, and and there's like, you know, I have a bunch of honorable mention guys in there. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like between Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, and you know Alvin Kamara, they're all kind of right there. It's just tough sometimes. Like, it's tough sometimes when you see those guys, and then you're like. You watch one bad game by them, you know. Yep. And then you see you see a guy like I remember watching like, like Najee Harris was so nice, obviously like all yeah. year like oh, he's yeah. a great player. He's playing when he's playing for that team that just kind of Big yeah. Ben's just limping. He's gone and, and like, he's you know, Big you, Ben's gone. Like who's gonna throw him the ball in this year? Mason Rudolph. Like there, there's what there's one game I watched where Najee Harris was like kind of got like like he wasn't running the ball very well and like. He was like stopping at contact. And yeah, I just, yeah. I lost my luster for him because, like, I think about a guy like Dalvin Cook just fucking exploding yeah. through the hole. Yeah. So that's, know. yeah. So my, so my top five would probably be my top five running backs would be Eckler at five, McCaffrey at four. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't even think about McCaffrey with the, with the injury. That's another injury bias type of thing yeah McCaffrey he's definitely he's like he's, he's kind of in that top three conversation really yeah I would go Eckler McCaffrey at four uh Dalvin Cook three Jonathan Taylor two and Derrick Henry one I mean Derrick Henry yeah, that's, that's Derrick Henry that's is just list. a Derrick Henry is just a fucking <laughs> he's a fucking fr- yeah. he's a freak I mean he's like yeah. I love these other guys and they were they had unbelievable years but I mean Derrick dude you I mean, almost in any situation, you would ask, you know, and hypothetical with a running back. You need him to do get a fourth and one. You need him to get a big run on first and ten. You need him to maybe the only thing Derrick Henry isn't like spectacular at is like receiving the ball, but he still catches passes. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would go ahead and say I don't know how many uh, receiving yards Jonathan Taylor had this year, but he had 360 receiving yards. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry is more dangerous than that. I mean, but I mean, if you go with receiving running backs, then you obviously say Eckler's one because Eckler had 740 fucking receiving yards. You know what I mean? Well, Eight receiving if touchdowns. With, if you're going with receiving, but you're backs, not. You're but you're not. We're doing I'm just saying, running backs. If you're, yeah, I was saying if you're if you're going down that road, then you would have to say McCaffrey's. If you're talking right. about receiving running backs, you got to go McCaffrey, Kamara. Right, right, no right. Are, and then, and then Najee on. And probably fucking yeah, Najee. Probably Aaron Jones. Probably, yeah, yeah. probably but a like, ton of guys. I mean, the fact the fact is, is like last time that we had a full healthy season out of Christian McCaffrey, he was first team All Pro in two different positions. The, he, he was yeah. first team All Pro as a slot and as a running back. Here's a and like his here, slot was just emotioning out. Yeah, here's a guy quickly that we can just touch on that neither of us even mentioned or even just even just batted an eyelash on. What? On a scale of... How do I even phrase this? In, in the final rankings of fantasy points, for argument's sake, where does Saquon Barkley finish next year? Man, I don't know. Because he would, I, dude, I a healthy it. Saquon might crack my top five. I'd put him in yeah. as super healthy over Eckler, to be honest. I know that's well. That's the problem with doing these rankings. You're getting recency bias. It's the same thing. Those, fucking but you have to stay healthy, though, dude. You have yeah, to stay healthy. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's the same thing as those NFL writers putting the Rams at number three. There's some fucking recency bias behind that, and it's like 
like for me, it's like Jonathan Taylor jumped that list because Derrick Henry broke some shit in his foot. And when he came back, he didn't have a super great game when he came back in the playoffs. Yep. Um, You know, and yeah, I don't know. There's definitely recency bias. And I I know Dalvin Cook gets hurt too. Um, But those three, those three in my mind are like top, top tier, like runners. Yeah. In terms of like overall old school peer rushing, those are my top three. Okay. Moving on to wide receivers. Five to one. Give me your, I'll give you the, I'll give you, I'll start from three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll start from number 10 down to one. Fantasy points scored this year. Number 10 in fantasy, Hunter Renfro was number 10 receiver in fantasy. Mike Evans was nine. Deontay Johnson was eight. Stefan Diggs was seven. Tyreek was six. Jamar Chase, five. Justin Jefferson, four, Debo, three, Devontae Adams, two, Cooper Cup, number one. So from five to one, who are your top receivers? Oh, man. Five to one. I'm going to go ahead and say, well, it's this one's tough on This one's really tough on me because I obviously think Debo is the most explosive, but they play him as such a Swiss Army knife. I can't, I can't. I have a hard time including him as like a, as a peer like receiver. But he's I mean? a wide receiver, so I'd put him on. The, he's in my top five. So I mean, yeah, I would I would go. All right, I would go. Hold on. Yeah, I, who you I got? One, have, who you got? Hold on, I have I have one more guy on here that I want to go look at. Okay, who you go, got? I'm gonna go. Debo Samuel number Debo Samuel number five. Okay. Tyreek Hill number four. Cooper Cup number three. Even though he had such a fucking massive year, and I know that's I know that's that's a tough one to Go say. Go ahead. No, that's but, fine. But Justin's Ju- Justin Jefferson number two. Okay. And, Dev- and Devontae Adams is number one. And that is and I know, assuming Rodgers is in, is in Green Bay, obviously. Yeah, assuming he's, yeah, I'm just going off of kind of like this last year. And, like, and that's fucking tough to say because you have 145 receptions and almost 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. And I put you at number three. I just like think that that offense gave him more targets. Well, I don't even know about target share, but like he just had a better chance of catching the ball out there than uh justin jefferson did i think justin jefferson does like the same type could have the same type of production there so who is your list five to hey. one again five to one debo debo five tyreek hill four Cooper cup three justin jefferson two Devonta adams number three. okay it's not a bad list at all um i think i think i i love justin jefferson um I just, I think he's, like you said about these other positions, it's so hard to just, like, this fucking four, five, six, seven slots are just... There's so many interchangeable... Brutal. Like, yeah. I think I'm going to go in my top five. I'm going to go Stefan Diggs, number five. I don't, don't hit that at all. 
I'm going to go Stefan Diggs, five. Jamar Chase, four. Debo Samuel, three. Devontae, two. Cooper Cup, one. I think that's that's got to be my list. Give me, give me I that list one more time. So let's start at number fucking number seven. Seven is Justin Jefferson. Six is Tyreek Hill. Five is Diggs. Four is Jamar Chase. Three is Debo. Two is Devontae. One is Cooper Cup. But it's so yeah, interchangeable no, with all those guys. It's hard yeah, to put Diggs above Tyreek Hill. It's hard to put him above Justin Jefferson. But I'm riding with fucking Josh Allen next year. And if Josh Allen is the number one quarterback that I listed him at, got to put Diggs in the top five. Because that means Diggs is going to have a fucking monster year too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, Tyreek. And Tyreek is like one of those guys. It's just like. Dude, is Tyreek going to be on the Chiefs next year? We I don't know. Do we know? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're pay, I don't know. They're paying fucking. They they know. no. They uh, have to is choose. He free, is he a free agent? Right? Yes. Is he a free agent? Him right? and Kelsey, dude. They have to choose between basically him or yeah, Kelsey. I could see them letting Tyreek go. Uh, Tyreek go. Exactly. Kelsey. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because the dude. receivers. Tyreek Tyreek is super explosive, but dude, they the have Nickel Hardman. The they the tight end yeah. Is, the tight end is so much more of a limited position. Exactly. And a lot of these guys like it's it's you know it's like kind of like. It's tough to become a star without target share. These guys become stars because they get fucking their quarterback starts trusting them and peppering them with the ball. Yes, they're also they're all they're all freak athletes. You give them enough targets, they're gonna fucking be able to ball. You know. Yep. So, yeah, that's, next, that's where I'm at. Next position, last one. This one should be quick and easy, but tight ends, top five. I'll give you the I'll give you the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hunter Henry at 10, Dallas Goddard at 9, Mike Gesucki <laughs> at 8, Gronk at 7, Pitts at 6, Zach Ertz at 5, Kittle at 4, Dalton Schultz at 3, Kelsey at 2, Mark Andrews at number 1. Yeah, I think I think Mark there's a very Andrews, clear very clear 1 and 2, I think. I think so too. But go ahead, I top think. 5 to 1, what who you got? I need to get a list in front of me. It's hard to get. It's hard to put Gronk up there because he's just not gonna. Gronk might fucking retire for for all we know, re-retire, right? Because he won't have Brady. So, I I mean I don't yeah, have Gronk in my me, top five. No, yeah, it's like he's kind of. I mean, he was nasty this year, and like obviously proved that he was. Yeah, but he's um, kind of a product. Okay, of, here's here's how I'm. Here's what I'm doing here. I don't know this. So this is a little bit funny, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> He's thinking. He's thinking. I'm thinking. I'm just. I'm just looking at. I'm just scanning my list right here. Um, He's thinking. I'm putting Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts at number five. Yep. I'm going. Darren Waller, number four. Ooh, yeah. George Kittle, number three. Especially if they, if they can get a quarterback that can fucking do something for him. Yep. I'm going... Oh, man, that one and two is tough. I'm going to go Mark Andrews at number two because he Wait, who is at three? So you have... So you have, I have oh, George Kittle. I have Kyle, yep. Kyle Pitts at five. Darren Waller at four. George Kittle at three. 
I have Mark Andrews at number two, and I have Travis Kelsey at number one because of Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not sure what the fuck the quarterback situation looks like. Obviously, you know, you have Lamar Jackson, but, like, I never know with Lamar Jackson. Like, you know, yep. is, is he going to bust out and have another MVP type of year? Is he going to throw fucking 14 touchdowns and rush for 600 yards and right. seven interceptions? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. That seems confusing. Yeah, I think that list is good. Uh, the only the only thing I probably do is do that exact list, but I bump out Kyle Pitts and put in Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz is a fucking monster. Uh, I like Schultz too. So I think my list for tight ends goes Schultz at number five, Kittle at four, Waller at three, Andrews at two, Kelsey at one. I think that's a pretty, you know, can't go wrong with that list. And again, dude, all yeah. those guys are very, very interchangeable. If Kittle has the year that he had a couple years ago, he might end up being the best. I mean, there was argument that he was the best tight end for a while. Um, but with Kelsey most likely staying in Kansas City and being probably becoming probably the number one target. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's hard. No, I, I get that. And I, I get I get why you push Kyle Pitts out, out of there. I mean, the guy. He had one. He had one. He had one touchdown. Yeah, he had one touchdown. He scored one touchdown. As a pure like receiver, though, that's that's kind of a product of. That fucking offense is all over the place. He had, got, he had a hundred. He had one tar, uh, one touchdown, but he had a thousand receiving yards. So I mean, you know, he had a like yeah. It, it just seen, like touchdowns. Touchdowns is such a like. Obviously, it's like yeah, you got to have it though. You love you love you love the touchdowns because like that's that's where the glory is at. You know, oh, nobody yeah. really gives a fuck. Especially when fantasy football, the guy has one hundred and ten yards and no touchdown. You're like, cool, ten point or 12, 15 yeah. points. Yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think Kyle Pitts is a real shot. I just don't know. For sure, no. He's at six I, I or would, seven. I would love, I would love to see. I would just love to see him like in an like an offense that's thriving. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. I, I think he had like he has the potential. He's if he's playing with an offense like some of these other guys. He's imagine fucking. Okay, so here's here's a question, and here's a good comparison for you. Would you rather have Kyle Kyle Pitts or Dalton Schultz if they're both in Dallas? You got to pick one. Ooh, see, that's a good question. I probably go Pitts, probably. Yeah, you go right. You go Pitts with fucking Dak Prescott, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to think about it like that. Like, like as a full on, just straight up athlete. Like Dalton Schultz was obviously really good. This so, year, so like, where does uh, where does Noah Fant end up if Aaron Rodgers goes to Green goes to Denver? Does Noah Fant jump to the top five? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because he fucking he, you, like, love you, Noah Fant. you love Noah Fant. You love Noah Fant. Sometimes when he catches the ball, he lo- one he looks cool as fuck out there. He's huge. He's got a black visor on. He doesn't he doesn't use his size as much as I like him to. Like he doesn't like lower his shoulder into people because he's right. fucking looks like out, out of the go- the guys that we talked about. He's like he's like like beefier. He's like Dalton Schultz type of beefy. He's super you know thick. I mean? like, he's just a thick boy. Yeah, th- yeah so thick. like that's like like so like he's like a bigger dude. Yeah, so. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see like what, what about happens. Uh, it's really hard to understand how good this guy could be when he's got fucking he's got a, he had a wide receiver throwing the wall at one point last year. What about Albert Okawebenom? Does he jump to the t- <laughs> no? But I mean, there's a lot of good names on that list. Dawson Knox could end up having a big Dawson. year. Yeah, Dawson know? Knox just doesn't seem like he just seems kind of like like one of those touchdown scorer guys. Like he'll go for forty yards each game, but he's always going to be a good yeah. touchdown scorer. I mean, Tyler Higby's a great tight end. T.J. Hawkinson really solid. Uh, Jared Cook's a good tight end. Uzama, I mean, fuck, Uzama's solid too. There's a lot of good tight ends, man. But, yeah. but I mean, I feel like the top five, six, seven total is is a pretty clear, pretty clear list. So, 
yeah i mean we could do kickers if you want we could <laughs> just we could do uh yeah just flex players not on the top five just just, just go fucking turn into a fantasy football show after the super bowl no but yeah. we'll uh yeah that, that's pretty much gonna wrap up i feel like any football talks that we'll probably have in the foreseeable future uh season's yeah, over we're done super bowl was a fucking crock of shit i'm pissed about it but uh no Let's, it's uh... it is what it is you know we'll, we'll talk football when closer when time comes i mean shit who knows maybe the usfl grabs grabs the country by the balls and fucking everybody's on it but i highly doubt this this league this new football league will be the one that breaks the the glass ceiling and and finally captures the heart of america because this is only what the 19th time they've tried to start a a secondary football league and it's most likely not gonna work yeah it's not gonna work so because if you can't make it in the other league then why would we want to watch you in this? exactly it's why it's like well then we just why don't we just watch college football you know you know yeah you know what i want you know what i want to or what make me watch it is if all of the guys only couldn't play football because they were like fucking juiced yes yeah the mean machine they were all just the mean machine yeah i would watch it i would watch it if they took out roughing the passer i would say i would watch it like there's like no flag at any i mean besides like kicking him in the fucking balls that's like the only thing you can't do no kicking or biting otherwise you can hit the quarterback as hard as you want then i would probably watch it uh but yeah that wraps up football talk uh the last subject that we won't touch we're gonna spend very much time on is baseball not a whole lot of updates today is february 15th when we're recording pitchers and catchers were supposed to report today that didn't happen baseball continues to repeatedly and consistently fuck itself over i don't know if it's baseball you know as a broad statement because it sounds like the players want to play manford obviously doesn't give a fuck about anybody except for the owners the owners are talking about cutting down the number of players in each organization. They're talking about cutting fucking payroll, cutting all this shit, revenue sharing. I, dude, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it once again doesn't seem like they are even fucking close. Like it is February 15th. They've had a few meetings. It doesn't seem like they are even remotely close, remotely close to a deal. So that is not promising to say the least. Will we have baseball this year? Yes. Will we play a full season? Most likely not. Rob Manfred had a statement, I believe it was on Thursday, uh, a press conference, and he said that the start of spring training has not been delayed. It doesn't plan on it being delayed. I don't know where the fuck his head is at, but it's going to be delayed, and baseball is in a bad, bad, bad spot. On top of that, uh, on the topic of baseball, you have this uh, hearing going on right now uh, with Tyler Skaggs and his 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 passing. Um, there was a, I guess it was a court hearing, or I'm not really sure. Uh, they testified four four former players testified at the Tyler Skaggs trial. Uh, basically, I think his family may have sued or, or prosecutors. Man, I don't know the full details, and I apologize for for kind of uh, screwing this up a little bit, but. The bottom line is that I believe there's some sort of lawsuit between the Skaggs family and Major League Baseball or something similar. And four different players that played with Tyler Skaggs testified today saying that they took 
and bought and received these sort of painkillers, recreational drugs uh, from the Angels employee that was providing those for them. So, I mean, baseball is just at the bottom right now, and it sucks because now's the time where everybody starts looking forward to baseball, and it's just not happening. We've said it a million times. They're kicking themselves in the dick over and over, and it is what it is. Nothing we can do about it, Jared, but... Next episode, what I do want to touch on is some maybe some baseball preview. Hopefully by then we have a little bit more positive news. But even so, we'll have enough time to go into what I'm hoping to do for our viewers is, and listeners is to do divisional breakdowns. You know, So next episode, maybe we just start yeah. with the American League East, go through each team, go through where we see them, their future. Because they did release, I will say, they did release the top 100 prospects for this upcoming season. So that's something to discuss and relevant to these teams because uh, somehow the Dodgers are just basically number one and also just have the most money and the best fucking players. So that sucks, but we'll dive into all of it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but yeah. for the let's, meantime, let's yeah, go ahead. Let's jump into it. Uh, let's, let's jump into it next time. Yeah. That's, we, it's not a whole lot of like leeway being made, but I, I, all I know is that, these guys are basically supposed to be in fucking spring training right now, so yeah, and they're not. Uh, they're <laughs> they're not, not. So well, yeah, but well, let's let's uh, let's dive into that next next episode because yeah, I gotta, I gotta. Right. Well, either way, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the football conversation that we've pretty consistently had over the last eight episodes, seven episodes. Uh, we really enjoy talking sports, and we we hope you guys enjoy listening. We're pretty much done with football. Looking forward to next season. Gave you our kind of closing comments, final rankings for everything. A lot can change between now and obviously the first week of the NFL season. But we're going to start turning our heads towards baseball. We will talk a little bit of basketball as, as basketball starts to heat up, even though it is just so inconsistent and miserable to bet on, uh, as Jared knows from my complaints. But it's still mm-hmm. it's still fun. And hey, we hey, you know what we do have we have March Madness. So we'll we'll come out with probably some brackets or some something related to that. So otherwise, thank you guys for listening. For those of you who did, Jared, it's always been a pleasure to talk football with you. Now it's time to turn to baseball and some basketball. And everybody listening, you're all a bunch of phenomenal fans. Hopefully, you did bet the under in the Super Bowl because it hit. Uh, even hey, though. Because you should never you know, bet the under ever. I told you not to. Yeah, but bet the under. Don't, or bet if you're gonna bet, don't bet the under. Just bet the over and take an alternate line. Just go over 43, over 42 and a half. You win, right? Just buy points yeah. and bet no, the over. Yeah, I got, I got, I, I looked at that and, and I really the parlay I released for the Super Bowl kind of bought it down to 42. No problem. Yeah, so just buy points for the over. over. Buy points for the over instead of betting the under. It's just easy. Simple math. So thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Jared, bet the under if you want, I guess. I don't know. Try to avoid it, but don't bet it as much as the over because the over is the best bet of the game every time. Every time. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks for listening.